hey, shush, shush, listen up. I want to say something. People, Earth, I need to say something. Listen to me. I hope every one of you behind the screens on this arena can feel this level of happiness just one time in your life. I hope all of you can feel how fucking happy I am just one time in your life. But guess what? You will never feel this level of happiness if you don't go for something in your own life when they knock you down, when they try and shit on you, when they talk shit about you, and they try and put their foot on your neck. If you stay down, you will never ever get that resolve. Fortify your mind and feel this level of happiness as you rise one time in your life. But I'm blessed to be able to feel this shit again and again and again and again and again. Welcome to Raw Ask me, you know the fuck they never play on me, man. DJ, hit me! y'all man welcome back to another motherfucking episode of the thin line between genius and insanity podcast hosted by yours truly OG. now spin the block for them bad bitches <laughs> i got my hair done i just left the barber <laughs> i'm looking good as fuck me i ain't gonna hold you <laughs> so please allow me to introduce myself to the bad bitches i am the flyest Highest, coolest, smoothest motherfucking host of them all. OG! Hash me, you know the fuck it is, man. What's up with y'all, man? How the fuck is y'all doing? Man? Hope you're out there looking good, feeling good, staying safe. It's a whole lot of shit going on. I'm trenching my shit each and every motherfucking episode. I want to shout out to everybody around the world. You know what I'm saying? It's tapped and enjoying the conversation. I truly appreciate all the motherfucking me love and motherfucking me support. Uh, let's keep this empire brick by motherfucking me brick, man. You know how the fuck I give it up. This here is episode 135. You know that by now. Episode 135. What grind are we on? The grind to two motherfucking hundred. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that shit will be here in no time, man. Um, You know, it's the last shit on the motherfucking me doc that I want to get into. Um. Obviously, like I just mentioned, we're on the grind to go on to episode 135, a thin line between genius and insanity pocket hold by yours truly, old motherfucking G. Um, you know, I started the podcast off for the people that listen on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, et cetera, et cetera. All the people tapped into all the DSPs. First time this was last time. I'm just shout out to all y'all, all streams. Matter, check out last week's episode. <laughs> um Shout out to people on YouTube as well. OG hash TV, subscribe, ring the bell, drop a like, all she YouTube say, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's it. Don't want to leave y'all out. I started the episode off with Israel out of science with the beautiful words, bars, no soap, as I would say. Beautiful words after his thrilling victory over Alex Pereira from Brazil. Knocked him clean the fuck out. Not only did him knock him the fuck out, he fucked up my parlay. <laughs> no, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I was hurt. <laughs> I was hurt when he knocked that nigga out. Man, man I found out till my knees when the law came. I was hurt. Man, I found out till my knees when the law came. I was so hurt. 
niggas don't understand, bro. I have my ways of watching the fight. Not gonna say it on live recorded airways, but I have my ways of watching the fight, as many of us do. Um, and the last thing I saw was Alex Pereira kicking this nigga in the legs. You know what I mean? And 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 it froze. The screen went black. It comes back. The nigga Alex Pereira is on the fucking ground. I couldn't cash out my bet. I lost my money. Nigga, it was a tough fucking night, B. <laughs> it was a tough fucking night. But the reason why I wanted to start the podcast off with that is because <clears throat> I damn near ended last episode talking about how he should leave that man the fuck alone. I told you when nigga knocks you out twice, then beat you fair and square the other time. Leave that nigga alone. He's not playing with you. <clears throat> Excuse me. There was so much resolve in that moment. And as he said, he wishes that people met. It was as happy as he was in that moment. You seen on his face. You see how much that moment was weighing on him. And some way, somehow, that shit motivated the fuck out of me. Niggas that know me personally know I don't really fuck with Izzy like that. I don't tap in with anime watching ass niggas, bro. I watched Dragon Ball Z in like the second and third grade, my nigga. That was pretty much it for your boy. After that, I was watching Martin and Jamie Foxx show and niggas get shot. <laughs> I was watching shit like that. So I don't really tap in with the whole anime niggas. Bro. It's, a, it's a certain level of corny that I think them niggas fall under. But that moment for Israel out of sign was absolutely beautiful. Um, you can't make shit up like that. You can only dream for shit to happen in that in that way. Um, for that moment to play out for the way it did for him, I was just at the barbershop and niggas was talking about, it, you know what I'm saying? That shit carried on. That was a moment that niggas will always remember when it comes to this combat sports shit, especially in the UFC and the octagon. Uh, so I wanted to start the podcast off um, saying shout out to Israel Adesanya um, for reclaiming your title, um, for, 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 for beating, jumping over that hurdle. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I was in a moment when I was with a nigga um, who just kept beating, you know what I'm saying? Nigga kept fucking beating. But the last time I saw that nigga, yeah, I fucked him up. And I know what that shit feels like. And I know what that does to a man's ego. Um, because once you go in against somebody and they keep having their fucking foot on your motherfucking neck, it's like, what the fuck, B? I know this nigga just not bad, simply just bad at me. And you it pushes you to work harder and harder and harder. Um, and when you actually can, you know, jump over that hurdle, man, that shit skyrockets you out of here, man. So uh congratulations to Israel Adesanya. Shout out to everybody who had their best put on Izzy. My dumb ass went with the Brazilian. <laughs> Mother Brazil usually don't fail me. You know what I'm saying? But lately, man, I've been trying to stay away from them niggas, but they kind of been getting their ass with low key. But this nigga, man, he, he fucked up at least what was it, like a $275 bet, nigga. I was going to turn $10 to $275. If he just would have fucking lasted two more rounds, what the fuck? <laughs> two more motherfucking rounds. Um, but any motherfucking way. <laughs> It's a whole lot of shit on the motherfucking me document. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. Um, also, last episode, um, let's get into my gun ranch experience. I told y'all last episode that, you know, I was going to the gun ranch. Um, my silly ass didn't know that when I recorded on Saturday, the following uh, day was going to be Easter. <laughs> I didn't know niggas was celebrating Easter and shit, but I've been in my own little world trying to grind out this month for me podcast shit. Um, so the place I had booked, I was going to go uh, book and shit, just walk in. They was fucking closed. I'm going to have to fucking call around to because I really wanted to go. I ended up linking up with my mama because out here in Arizona, bro, there's some type of law passed. It's an open carry state. When it comes to these gun ranges and shit like that, 
Uh, if you buy yourself and you don't have memberships and shit like that, you got to have a buddy system if you want to rent, you know what I'm saying, guns and, and, and ammo and stuff like that. So I said, fuck it. Why not take my mom's Easter and shit like that? Made a, a whole, you know what I'm saying, like a ordeal type shit. Uh, so me and my mom went shooting at the gun range and shit. It was my very first time at the gun range. For people that follow me on social media, on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and shit like that, you seen the video I put up of me at the gun range laying shit down. <laughs> Laying niggas down, headshot, headshot, tap, tap, tap. You're dead now, nigga. You're donezo. <laughs> I did that. Um, but it was a, it was a cool experience, bro. Um, I'm definitely gonna be somebody that's going to the gun range more and more often. Um, it's definitely a, a huge stress reliever. Um, it's just it, it's weird, bro. Because in all honesty, um, as much as as dope as the experience was, as fun as I had, I think I shot like 150 rounds. Um, I was laying shit down. I had the canic. Um, it was my first time ever with the Canik. To be quite honest with you, bro, the last time I even held a gun in my hand was probably when I was off at, well, last time I had a gun in my hand, bro, I was a kid, bro. Um, it was like a 4th of July type shit. And I ain't even held Howard on my own, my nigga. It was, motherfucker held my hand with it and let that motherfucker go. So it was like, I've never been a gun play ass nigga. It's never been me. I've never been a nigga that's been enamored with pistols and shit like that. But as I get older, bro, I'm starting to really... Uh, uh, understand and, and see shit that's 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 going on out here, and seeing how motherfuckers is moving. Um, I think it's only right that you know what I'm saying I start to, you know what I'm saying, arm myself. You know what I'm saying just because niggas ain't you know so niggas ain't playing no more out here. Um, but it was a dope experience. You know, so it was my first time hold like really shooting gun. Um, with the canic, you know what I'm saying the canic. Um, TPDA, eighteen round boy, double barrel type shit. That motherfucker was nice, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. I've never heard of Canic. I've always been a nigga that heard about the shit that niggas in the hood talked about. The Glocks, you know what I'm saying? The 4 5, you know what I'm saying? You may heard a nigga talk about the motherfucking me, uh, the, uh, the FN or something like that, but you don't really, niggas only know the shit that rappers talk about, to be honest with you. Uh, so when I seen the Canic, that motherfucker looked nice. It felt right. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it was a nice little pistol play for me, bro. I got down with that motherfucker shooting shit about 80 feet away. Tapping shit, never, but never knew how good my aim was. So I was really surprised about that. Um, but the one thing I noticed about at the gun range, fam, my nigga, that's probably the safest place in the world, bro. If you go to a gun range, but you never gonna be around motherfuckers who got a gun that's tripping. Everybody be calm, cool, and collective at a gun range. Have you ever noticed that? Like at a gun range, niggas got straight guns in their hand. Everybody in that motherfucker sticked up. Ain't nobody acting the motherfucking ass in that motherfucker. Everybody got common fucking sense. Everybody got common sense in there because everybody know, nigga, if you play with me, I will defend myself and lay your ass the fuck down. I was blown away by how safe I felt in that motherfucker. And I was blown away by how much power I felt holding a gun. Like, I really understand now what these young niggas is doing in these streets. Like, I, I get it now. You know, you ever notice that nigga that just start acting the ass once he had a gun in his hand? Like you can't even say you can't even play with the nigga and say shut the fuck up. You can't even do that no more because he gonna think you said somebody's mama type shit. <laughs> like I understand it, and I never truly got that. Like you know, how motherfuckers talking about uh, like a motherfucker who got a big ass truck. You know about that? He got a big ass truck, his dick little type shit. Like I always thought like niggas who had guns and shit. It was like it was like an inferiority complex. You know, the niggas felt away in the inside type shit. Nah. It's a different feeling when you got that when you got that fucking iron in your hand, my nigga, and you letting that bitch off. Now I'm not a nigga who who fell in love with guns automatically. 
Um, when I was in there, I, I understood the motherfucking the the enamoration with the motherfuckers instantly type shit. I instantly understood why motherfuckers are so why guns are so polarizing type shit. Um, but I am gonna go back just because it is a stress relief. I deal with stress, anxiety, and things like that. Um, I'd rather go sh- let shoot some guns than motherfucking me go to the gym. To be honest with you. Just because that that's me releasing a lot of motherfucking me anger and in a lot of ways that's me, that's me knowing that I'm not the motherfucking me uh, superior figure in this play in this mother in this situation. It's that fucking pistol, nigga. So it it, it, it was a, it was a unique experience for myself, and I'm glad I did it. It was cool to go do it with my mom and shit like that. It was cool, you know, spend Easter that way instead of doing the same normal fucking routine every fucking year. Somebody putting some fucking some some, uh, some barbecue on the grill type shit, hiding eggs for the kids, man. Fuck them kids, man. Fuck <laughs> now, shout out to the kids, man. My homeboy having kids and shit. So shout out, hey, Ashley of the kids. <laughs> I love the motherfucking kids, b. <laughs> Um, but hopefully you guys spent your Easter motherfucking me well. Um, like I said, it was a very dope experience for me to go through with my mom and shit like that. She was tapping shit too. I was kind of, I was kind of surprised how good my mama aim was. Like I was like, all right, you know what I'm saying? If it was like my little brother, I had a proud big brother moment. But as a son, I was like, all right, my mom ain't no pussy. <laughs> she defend herself type shit. <laughs> it was very motherfucking me dope. Man. It was very motherfucking me dope experience to do. Um, I will be putting out way more videos and way more content. Um, once I actually get my gun and once I start going out, you know, to the outdoor ranges and shit like that, I'll be putting a way more content about that. I just tapped into a whole world, a whole other uh, side of YouTube type shit about the gun, like niggas uh, with guns and shit, the gun ranges and shit. Like, bro, that's a whole nother world. But like the more shit you get into, you start to realize like how much that shit is popping on all these uh, YouTube, social media and Twitters, bro. Like You just got to tap into certain topics and shit. And you will see how much shit is really motherfucking me popping, bro. The gun range side of YouTube and the, just the gun information side of YouTube is fucking crazy, bro. So it's going to be way more of that content to come on my TikTok and stuff like that. So please stay tuned and tap in and follow your boy OG Hatch if you're not motherfucking me doing so already. Um, But moving on, man. Let's get into something I want to talk about, man. I came across some shit, um, this clip from Zion Williamson like a day ago. Um. And he was talking. Oh, I wish I had it, bro. I should have pulled it up. But um, the part that I really want to bring up that that segment was way too long um, to play on the podcast um, because I'm getting copyrighted like a motherfucker, bro. On that last episode, that shit went up on YouTube, dog. That shit was fucking. That shit got copyrighted so fast. Hey, y'all, remember I was telling you about the whole AI technology shit? How that could be a lick for new for uh, underground rappers trying to get them features and shit? Man, fuck no. <laughs> Nigga, I upload that shit, and that shit got copywritten. Come on. Man, I found out to my knees when the law came. They not playing with me no more. <laughs> they not playing with me, man. They literally trying to strike all my fucking videos, bro. So there will be no more music um, played on this fucking on this podcast, bro. Like that shit, I, I can't be playing around with shit like that. If I lose my fucking YouTube channel, I'm gonna be pretty motherfucking upset. Um, but I came across the clip from Zion Williamson. Um. Zion's been out with a hamstring injury. We all know Zion's been dealing with fucking injuries um, since, nigga, high school, to be honest with you. Um, but in the NBA, he's been in the league for, what, three, four years now? He's only played, like, 80 games total. He hasn't even played uh, 82. Uh, a season is 82. He's only played 80 games total, I believe. It's either 80 or 89. I'm going to cut on some slides. between 80 and 89. I can't really remember for real. But he's only played he's played less than 40% of his available games. 
And he's telling people the reporter asking him when he coming back and shit, asking for updates. And he let him know, like, yo, physically I'm cool, but mentally I'm not. And when I first seen the, the, the interview, the little clip where he talking about he cool and shit like that, I actually started cracking jokes. I sent the shit off to my homeboy. Look at this no, this nasty neck nigga. I would have slapped the shit out this nigga. Cause I hate when niggas trying to sound super professional and shit instead of just being themselves. That's why I kind of fucked with AI. I fucked with John Moran. Them niggas is being themselves. It's just they don't know when to say no type shit. Um, but as I started thinking more, bro, we starting to get way more um, of these basketball players and these athletes dealing with Real life shit and succumbing to that pressure. I told you guys about the Tyree, the Tyree, uh, Tyree Tyler uh, kid who retired at fucking twenty two years old. We all know about Ben Simmons. We all now we know about Zion Williamson. We all know about Markel Fultz. Those are three number one picks in the last what eight years. That's having mental problems. We know about Anthony Bennett. We know about Greg Oldham. Them, that Greg Oldham's injury is about the same as Zion Williams. It's an injury. Ben Simmons is injured. But mentally, these niggas can't recover. And it, it made me want to ask this question. You know, are we too in tune with ourselves, bro? Like, hear me out when I ask this because I'm, I'm a big person. I'm big on mental health. I'm big on, you know what I'm saying, seeking help if you feel you need help. I'm, I'm big on that. So please understand me when I ask this question about are we too in tune with ourselves? You know, when you look at past generations, you know, not even the niggas from the 80s and 90s. Look at niggas before them. Every generation is getting softer and softer. But each generation, other things, we are becoming more aware of uh, certain things. Right now, everybody is more aware of their mental health. Everybody's trying to look into every nook and cranny of their brain to solve any and every problem they can find. And at a certain point, is that doing too much damage? Like, is there certain things we just shouldn't know about ourselves? Like, should we just have to, shouldn't it shouldn't it just be things we have to go through in life? You know what I mean? Like, I look at that. What was that? What's, what movie was that? Scary movie where with a, with a butler with the fucked up hand, he, he was cutting niggas' heads off, and he, you know, looking at their brain and shit. I feel like that's what we kind of doing in our society. Like, everybody's like super micro analyzing themselves, micromanaging themselves. Everybody's doing that to themselves. But when you look at fucking past generations, you can't tell me they wasn't going through mental health shit. You can't tell me that they, because they, actually it was probably worse back then because they didn't have nearly the amount of resources that we have now to even attempt to uh, resolve our shit. They just, they had to go through the shit. They had to be like, oh, normal motherfucking me Wednesday and keep on handling fucking business. Like at a certain point, you want motherfuckers to be in tune and know what's going on, know what's wrong with them and know how to, you know what I'm saying, solve issues themselves. But at a certain point, how far is too far when you're looking into yourselves and you overthinking and you you doubting yourself? This nigga's what, 21, 22? 23 at the most. $200 million nigga. Signature shoe nigga. Nigga built like a DN but jumped like motherfucking me Jordan. There should never be nothing wrong with this nigga's confidence. But this nigga's on social media. This nigga's on social media seeing nigga 90% of his audience or the people on his pictures calling him a fat black ass nigga. That's going to make you insecure about yourself. So now you got to look in the mirror every motherfucking me day and question his discipline. Question why the fuck is he this fat black ass nigga? 
That's what he has to go through on a day-to-day motherfucking me. But I don't know what it's like to be Zion Williams. We look at it and think it's supposed to be fucking amazing. We just fucking seen John Morant motherfucking me. It's a parade inside my city, yeah. It's a parade inside my city, yeah. What was he saying? He was going to the strip club and, and told him pistols to deal with stress. Now, do I believe that one? No. But he said it. I got to take him for his word. Fuck it. That's going put his, to put his file with the other niggas now. Because that's the route he took. We hearing these niggas say this shit. We seeing these niggas go through all this stress and go through all this while they becoming these superstars and saying that they not even happy. John Moran saying it, nigga, when he did this interview with Jalen Rose, that was the happiest he had been since the day he got drafted. Nigga, since the moment he got drafted, it's been playoff birth. It's been motherfucking me uh, $30 million signed $230 million contract, Powerade contract, signature shoes, all the bad, all the hood bitches on Instagram want to fuck. Nigga, that sounds like every nigga's dream. He wasn't feeling it. Because now everything, we, everybody is so, everybody is motherfucking me so trying to figure out everything that's wrong with them and trying to know everything about themselves that is fucking us up, bro. I don't think we're supposed to know every motherfucking thing. I don't think we're supposed to be doing the shit that we're doing. I just don't. Like, all this shit, like, don't get me wrong, I'm big on mental health. But at a certain point, it's like, yo, bro, everything, every time something fucking up, bro, it ain't because there's something wrong with you, bro. Sometimes, bro, it's just how the fucking cookie crumbles. And shout out to Crumble Cookies. I ordered some yesterday. Them shit's fire, nigga. <laughs> Them shit's fire, my boy. Wow. But it's just at a certain point, bro, you just got to accept life for what it is, accept shit for what it is, and keep it pushing. You can't keep letting shit eat at your brain and rot your shit, bro. To see Zion Williamson like that, bro, on one hand, it's like, what the fuck? Nigga, just put down the fucking burgers. But on the other hand, it's like, yo, this nigga gone. If he don't eat himself out of the league, he may turn into Ben Simmons. To where he don't even trust himself no more. And as a nigga who can't, I can't trust myself in certain situations, that shit's not good. It's not a good feeling at all. It's not. It's truly motherfucking not. Oh, and speaking of that, before I get off topic, um, that mistake I made a couple of weeks ago, I beat the case. Round of applause for me. I beat the case. Can't hold me down, bitch. <laughs> No, let me stop talking shit, man. <laughs> let me stop talking shit. Um, <laughs> moving on, man. <laughs> um, moving on. Let's go ahead and get into this nigga, um, Dalai Lama, man. <sighs> you know, we live in a in a in a in a weird, 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 weird time, bro. And on one hand. I'm happy about the time we live in because, you know, back in the day, but predators was just accepted for who the fuck they were. People would look the other way type shit, not not see some shit that's wrong, but not really take a stand and make shit be known type shit. Like we not don't don't act stupid. We know how this shit go. We can honestly say, bro, this generation, my generation of people, we changing this shit, bro. 
I remember growing up, motherfuckers was always saying it like my generation was gonna be a generation to like put their foot down type shit. And I kind of just thought that shit was lip service, trying to be good, trying to you know fit in with new cool kids on the block type shit. But it's honestly true. Like, I can honestly sit here and say my generation is a 27 year old man. My generation, we are the we are the change makers, bro. Now whether that's for for good or for bad, whether you agree with the changes or not. I can honestly sit here and say I'm happy to be a part of the generation of fucking changes. Uh, change of uh, motherfuckers who taking a stand, people standing for what the fuck they believe in, and handling their business stand on all 10. I love it. When it comes to this Dalai Lama shit, I want to take religion out of this because I don't, I'm not, I don't know that religion. That's just, that's, that's Indian shit. I don't know about that shit. If it ain't Indian shit, I apologize and put you Indians in this shit. I truly motherfucking do. I don't know what that is. Let me know. I pulled it up. Let me see. I think that's some Indian shit, man. I always grew up thinking the Dalai Lama was some Indian shit. Now, I will say I'm not too tapped in about the Dalai Lama. I don't personally give a fuck about the Dalai Lama, to be honest with you. <laughs> me, personally, I can give a fuck less about Dalai motherfucking Lama. But he's a Buddhist, the Buddhist spiritual leader. So I pulled up this motherfucking meat, uh, piece of article from Daily Loud that I want to read to you guys. Uh, before I read this, let me explain to you what the fuck happened. So there's a video that went viral of the Dalai Lama. Uh, I, I don't want to say assault, but he's being super fucking nasty and creepy with a young boy. Young boy comes up, asks him to, uh, can he hug him type shit. Um, Dalai Lama says, yeah, it's like some type of event. So he's speaking to the people type shit. Little boy gets to hug. Then he's her little boy. You can kiss him on the cheek type shit. Little boy kissed Dalai Lama on the cheek. They ain't tell little boy you can kiss me on the lips type shit. Little boy did it. Everybody snickering and giggling type shit. And then he tell little boy, you can suck my tongue type shit. Then he sticks his tongues out. Wow. I say then the man stick his tongue out. Wow. I said then the man stick his tongue out. Man, I fell down to my knees when the law came. And the little boy sucked his fucking tongue. This is in front of people, my nigga. Like this is in front of folks. Like there was witnesses upon witnesses upon witnesses. Video goes viral. Everybody's outlandish. Everybody's sparking outrage. Rightfully, motherfucking so. Me personally, I'm not shocked by this shit because we're in a world full of fucking predators, my nigga. It's been happening since nigga shit been happening. <laughs> like, no bullshit. Predators have always been around, my nigga. I don't know what makes a nigga a predator. I don't know. I don't know what goes and, and, and goes off in a motherfucker's mind and they become this sick motherfucker. But I'm not surprised when I see the Dalai Lama, when I see, I don't want to say the Pope, but like niggas in that, in that, that type of hierarchy of religions and shit like that. We already, we know about these motherfucking me pastors and motherfucking me uh, 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 priests and shit like that. I watch Ray Donovan, nigga. I know how they give it up in them fucking Irish churches and shit like that. Even in Christian churches and shit like, nigga, we know how religious figures give it up, bro. They get looked at and get cloaked. They get this fucking, this, this armor that they think they're invincible and 
they get treated in like they invincible. And a lot of times, sometimes they take advantage of that shit, bro. Not all of them, but some of them take advantage of that shit, bro. Some sick motherfuckers in the world. So I'm not surprised that the Dalai Lama is a sick motherfucker. I'm not. But I want to read this this uh, from this article that I got from the, from the Daily Loud. Shout out to Daily Motherfucking Loud. Um, it says, um, the Buddhist spiritual leader said that he was sorry for any hurt he inflicted on the young boy and his family with his actions on, at the event on tw- uh, February 28th. And footage from the scene which showed, uh, which has been shared widely on social media, 87-year-old can be seen addressing a crowd of students at the uh, Sulakan Kayak Temple in Darashmala. Look, man, fuck all that. In Northern India. <laughs> in Northern India. Uh, he then calls up one pupil to the stage who approaches him with a microphone, asking, he hugs him. Um, and pretty much repeating what the fuck I said. Also, after the little boy sucked his tongue and shit like that, after he stuck his tongue in the little boy mouth, you sick fuck. Man, I fell down to my knees when the law came. Look, the, daily, the uh, Dalai Lama, he started tickling the little boy under his arms and shit. A bunch of inappropriate shit, bro. Let's just call it what the fuck. A bunch of inappropriate ass shit. The world is filled with predators, bro. It's, like, it's not something new. It's not something that we didn't fucking know. Um, I would like to know what happens to the Dalai Lama as the day I'm recording is what is it, April fucking 12th? Like, okay, this shit happened on February 28th. Is this is this nigga still the Dalai Lama? Like, what makes what makes one the Dalai Lama? Because what makes a nigga not the Dalai Lama is what we need to fucking find out. We're in a world full of predators, man. And, and it's sad to fucking see. Um, it's sad to fucking see how brazen these niggas can be. To do some shit like this in front of people. Like, see, you know, always heard about niggas doing shit in the cut. The preacher doing shit in the cut. This nigga at a fucking convention talking to people and told a little nigga suck his tongue. I've never told a woman to suck my tongue. I tongue kiss all the time. But you just sucking on my tongue? Come on, man. Man, I fell down to my knees when the law came. That's some sick shit, man. <laughs> That's some sick ass shit. Um, <laughs> Dolly motherfucking llama, man. Wow. Oh, that's some nasty shit. Moving the fuck on, though. Let's get into BG, man. Britney motherfucking Griner. You know, news came out about Britney Griner, bro. She's about to write a book. If you don't know Britney Griner, Britney Griner was the WNBA um, African-American basketball player, um, U.S. United States citizen who was um, detained in Russia for vape vape cartridges like she was over there for what 100 and some days type shit um under horrible conditions um a lot of hell was brought you know was raised for her um joe biden initially or eventually i should say made a trade to get her home um and we're happy to have her home i'm out here in phoenix uh she plays for the phoenix mercury um i've been a fan of Brittany Griner since her days in college um, so she's been a, she's been a, a, a pretty much a hoop sensation since then, um, dunking and shit like that. Uh, being that where they talk challenging uh, Demarcus Cousins, talking about she beat him in one on one. Like she's been a hoop sensation for quite a while, type shit. Uh, but she's back home. I'm happy to have her back home. Like I said, I seen her in person when I was downtown one day, just on some humbug shit. Just seen her. Um, so I was happy to have her back home. Seeing the, the news coverage of of her coming home, her wife and stuff like that. Like seeing seeing um coverage of her at Super Bowl and Super Bowl was going down. 
I'm just seeing her out and about when you see like uh like video clips of her and shit like that, right? So it's happy to have her back. So I want to make sure I get that out the way before I say what the fuck I'm about to say. Um, with news about Brittany Griner, here it is. It says Brittany Griner is writing a book about her experience of being wrongfully detained in Russia. She hopes to raise awareness about other Americans who are wrongfully imprisoned abroad. I don't know. Okay. Brittany Griner was not wrongfully fucking detained, bro. Like, can we stop saying that shit? Like, when she was arrested over there in Russia, I wasn't going to say that shit publicly because I wanted her home type shit. But now that she's been home for a minute, loving and hugging and kissing on her wife and eating good food again, getting ready for the season, and have business opportunities to write books and shit, I'm going to go ahead and say it. You wasn't fucking wrongfully detained, Brittany. You had drugs. Let me repeat that. You had drugs. You know what happened when you had drugs? The police are coming. Man, I fell down to my knees when the law came. Man, I fell down to my knees when the law came. They coming. You're boarding airplanes with drugs. Not only were you, you weren't in America. If you were in America, if you was in America, you can say that wrongfully detained shit. Them now that weed has been legalized and shit like that, you can say that. You can't say you you wrongfully detained when you go into another fucking country breaking they fucking rules. Like I don't understand the entitlement from these motherfuckers. Like I sometimes I understand how other country, how other like countries and shit look at America because like that's some entitled ass shit to think you can go to another fucking country. It don't matter if it was intentionally or not. If you can go to another motherfucking country, break their motherfucking laws and regulations, and think you 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 the victim. I'm not reading that fucking book. Are you serious? Man, get your ass out there and grab some rebounds. I fuck with you tough, but you were not wrongfully detained. You were you were dummy, you were dumbass detained. That was the biggest dumbass mistake anyone could have made. Write a book about having the worst luck. If you if the shit was truly an accident on your hand, say you had bad luck. Write a book about how you fucked up and nearly ended your own and ruined your own life. Write a book about that. Don't write a book about being wrongfully detained when it was your motherfucking ass who having vape cartridges on you and shit trying to board planes. I'm a flying motherfucker. I get high before I go to the airport. I don't need to get high at the airport. I don't need to be smoking on the way to the airport, my nigga. I have a house. I have a car. I have multiple places where I can smoke and toke my shit in peace. And no, I don't have to worry about a motherfucking thing when I get to the airport. I don't feel sorry for motherfuckers who get fucking in trouble at the airport. You fighting at the airport. You forgot your gun was in your luggage at the airport. You got drugs at the motherfucking airport. What the fuck did you think was going to happen? This is post 9-11, nigga. The airport is one of them places where you don't fuck up at. So if you fuck up at the airport, you were moving too fast. You need to learn a lesson. Now, do I did I want you in fucking Russia? Over there with Khabib and the Mega Medov and wrestling bears and shit. 
Fuck no. Wow. I want you back here. If a motherfucker got to do some time, at least do some time out here in Tent City. But I didn't think he was wrongfully detained. I just thought you was the most unluckiest motherfucker in human history. To go to a motherfucking country and break their motherfucking law a week before they go into a fucking world war? Yeah. I thought you was an unlucky motherfucker. And I only knew what the fuck you did when the Russians came and got you. Man, I found out to my knees when the law came. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> In the words of Rich Homie Quan, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know what the fuck you did when them fucking Russians was coming to get your tall ass. I'm not reading that fucking book wrongfully detained my ass. You were not wrongfully detained, Brittany. I'm sorry to tell you. Us, we, we, us Americans, we're going to stick behind. We're going to stick beside you no matter what, especially against another fucking country. But behind closed doors, let me tell you, please, you were guilty. <laughs> you indeed did that shit. Whatever the fuck they said you did, you did that shit. You did that shit. Come on, man. That, that sympathy shit is over with, nigga. You finna, you finna go play basketball, man. Come on, man. That sympathy shit over with. You should have released that book as soon as your ass touched on U.S. soil. You should have had loose leaf pieces of paper right there. Read this shit. <laughs> That's the fuck you should have did. Read this shit, News Channel 5. You dropped the ball, bitch. <laughs> You dropped the motherfucking ball. <clears throat> um, moving on though. Let's get into another motherfucker though who didn't drop the fucking ball. Um, Tesla worker finna get that big bag from Elon fucking Musk. That nigga Elon Musk charging y'all ass for verified check marks and shit. Y'all finna be paying this fucking Tesla worker. Man, that money finna go straight to this nigga bank account. Um, what's this nigga's name? Let me make sure I get his name. He finna get the big fucking bag. Former Tesla oh, uh, former Tesla worker Owen Diaz was awarded. Peep this shit. Peep this shit. Was awarded. I said, peep this shit. Make sure you get close to the monthly speaker. $137 million. Wow. You know what the fuck is going on? Elon is in that motherfucker pissed. I don't give a fuck about how much money you got. Because I just seen some shit that came out like two, three weeks ago that Elon Musk is no longer the richest nigga in the world. Like somebody just surpassed that nigga like a week ago type shit. Now news is coming out that this nigga got to pay a nigga 137 M's? One more while for the road, please. Wow. Former Tesla worker Owen Diaz was awarded 137 million last year. For dealing with racism on the job, the supervisor called him the called him a nigger thirty plus times. The one hundred and thirty seven million was reduced to fifteen million. He rejected fifteen million and asked for a retrial, and winds up only getting three point two million. Wow! What? Wait! 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 Wait a minute. Okay, this is my first time reading this the whole way through. Wait, wait a minute. You mean wait a minute? <laughs> hold on. <laughs> wait a minute. Now you bullshit. Okay, hold on. Wait, okay, hold on. Now you bullshit. Did you mean to tell me this nigga got awarded $137 million for getting called nigga over 30 times? 
and then it was reduced to 15 million and he rejected it and he asked for a retrial and only got 3.2 million he went from 137 million to 3.2 Man, I fell down to my knees when the law came. Man, I fell down to my knees when the law came. Now, granted, he's still a fucking millionaire. But, nigga, when I first seen this headline, I promise you I did not read all this shit. I literally stopped after it said he got caught a nigga 30 plus times. I was like, what the fuck? You got caught? You got the 130 something million for getting me caught some shit? We get caught every day for free? This nigga came up. I didn't read that this nigga got 3.2 million. Now, even still, 3.2 million is a lot of fucking money just because somebody called you a nigga. At a time, we still ain't got our reparations. That's a lot of fucking bad. That's a lot of fucking chips with dip, my nigga. I ain't gonna lie to you. So, now that I know that he not getting paid over $100 million, all that shit I was talking about, Elon Musk, yeah, man, just throw that shit out the window. <laughs> just throw that shit out the motherfucking window, B. Hey, Elon, man. Hey, man. Let me get a verified check, bro. I need the followers, my nigga. <laughs> I need them fucking followers, my boy. Damn, that's crazy. I thought the nigga got 137 million. That's crazy. That story not that interesting no more. Yeah, so fuck that nigga. Moving on, man. <laughs> Moving the fuck on. Um, I do want to talk about this story, though. You know, I came across this article about a man who, who ended up getting that surgery. Now, I don't know if you guys remember the news that broke about the surgery that was making niggas taller. How you can get it's like some painful ass surgery um, that, that can make you grow up to like five or six inches. But like you wouldn't be able to play basketball or no shit like that. Like your legs, you wouldn't be able to function like that. Would you be on some LeBron James type shit? But you, it'll make niggas taller. I remember hearing about this shit probably like up to at least six months ago type shit. Um, and I was laughing because I'm like, yo, you niggas is doing too much to become taller. Like, I'm 6'4 type shit, my nigga. Like, to average people, I'm tall as fuck. To regular, like, to regular tall people, I'm not tall. But I can only imagine how it is for a nigga that's 5'6. Like, when I was 5'6, I was going, I was in high school and I was mad as a motherfucker. So I can only imagine what it's like for a grown ass man who got kids, you know what I'm saying? Who, who, who wife who go chicken on his motherfucking nerves because he's small and shit. I can only imagine the fucking little man syndrome that comes with that shit. Um, but I came across this fucking news about how this man he spent a hundred and seventy thousand dollars on the excruciating leg surgery to grow five inches. This nigga went from five five to 5'10", and he said he was struggling to get a girlfriend at 5'5". Five, five. Now, let me say this. My nigga, if you just, if you're not an attractive nigga, you're just not an attractive nigga. If you a corny ass nigga, you just a corny ass nigga. I know plenty of short niggas that's at least 5'5". Five, five. That's getting some bad bitches, my nigga. You got to know how to dress at least. If you're going to be a short nigga, you got to either be funny as a motherfucker or you got to know how to dress. One or, the, one or the other. Or you had to be the running back in high school that was going crazy who got some bitches pregnant fresh out of high school. That's, just, that's, that's like the way you got to go, my nigga. That's, like, that's the storyline for a lot of short niggas because they was fucking the bitches in high school. So it's like instantly babies type shit. 
I don't understand how a nigga can feel comfortable spending one hundred and seventy thousand dollars to still be under six foot. Wow. I don't. Yeah, you got me fucked up at that point, yo, Doc. Throw some more inches on that bitch. Throw some more inches on that bitch. This shit already hurt. <laughs> you better throw some more motherfucking inches. If I'm finna pay 170k, I'm finna go from five five to seven two. I'm finna be challenging shackle at the one on one, bro. Like, there's no way I'm finna go from five five to five ten. Now, I don't. Maybe that's a huge jump. You know what I'm saying from for, for a short nigga. But to still be under six foot and not, and not even close to six foot, you st- nigga, you're not even 5'11". You still like short, you short, short. It's still a space between six feet for you, my nigga. And I don't even know a lot of, like the chicks I do know who be high, who be big on that, you know what I'm saying, that, that they like tall men shit. 5'10 is not the, <laughs> it's not the cutoff line, my nigga. It's six foot. Any chick that say she like tall niggas, they don't date under six foot. I've never heard a woman say, yeah, my nigga got to be at least 5'10". I've never heard that, my nigga. You should have just kept it at 5'5". Five, five. And you could have took that 170K and became one of them uh, passport bros and went to motherfucking media, the, the DR, and just started fucking them hoes crazy with that 170K. You could have went and got all the motherfucking media, Miri, the mother, you could have went to Saks Fifth, my home, my, my nigga just put me on all motherfucking me uh new swat, new clothes and shit. You could have been dressing like money man too. But no, you wanted to be 5'10. What type of nigga is you? <laughs> what type of nigga is you, my nigga? You want to be 5'10? Okay. <laughs> nigga still undersized to be in the NBA. Like, how you gonna get leg surgery to grow? And you still will be a short as fuck in the NBA. You still shorter than Isaiah Thomas. Come on, man. You just you just blew a bag, man. <laughs> you just blew a bag for no fucking reason, man. Real motherfucking talk. <laughs> and they blew a fucking bag, my nigga. Uh moving on, man. Hey, let's get to this nigga Mr. Beast right fast, bro. <laughs> hey yo, I would never talk about this nigga ever, but. He's in a very fucking tough spot. Yo, for the people who don't know who Mr. Beast is, if you live under a fucking rock like I was for, nigga, 26 motherfucking years, <laughs> I just found out who Mr. Beast was probably, nigga, a year ago type shit. Um, Mr. Beast is probably the biggest YouTuber in the world. I say probably because I assume, you know, over there in Asia and shit like that with all those people, I'm pretty sure niggas is raking in millions of views like it's nothing. Mr. Beast is a hundred million. He's a hundred million view nigga, bro. Um, I just got wind that apparently what he's doing is these mil- these videos that's getting these hundreds of millions of views. He's taking these same videos and going to other countries, um, like Asia and motherfucking Abu Dhabi and all these other countries and shit like that, and taking the most popular influencer and celebrity, having them do voiceover work throughout the whole video and publishing those videos in those countries as well. Raking up those millions and millions and millions of fucking views as well. This nigga's finessing the system something crazy. And it's not he, it is not no shit where he got shitty content. His content is totally fucking different, bro. I seen some shit to where this nigga, he did a video 
um, for the, I forget the show name now that came out and went viral on Netflix. The niggas who wore the mask and shit with the squares and triangles and circles on it and shit. Great fucking show. Season two is gonna be coming very soon. He remade that shit. And I believe he said he spent like three to four million dollars making the fucking video. The nigga was spending three to four million dollars making YouTube wow. videos, my nigga. Do you understand what the fuck I just said? That alone lets you know he's in a different level when it comes to content creator. Like the niggas you think that's top dogs when it comes to this content creator shit, they're not. It's him. If their name is not Mr. Beast, they're not the guy. I just found out the nigga was 24. <laughs> the nigga's 24 with all this fucking money, all this power type shit. The reason why I bring him up, though, you know, having all that money, niggas think that comes with freedom. Niggas come, niggas think that comes with automatically untitling me to do whatever the fuck you want to do. The reason why I say Mr. Beast is in a tough spot is because Mr. Beast, apparently from what I'm, from what I'm, what I'm finding out these last 24 hours from clips on TikTok, one of his inner circle, one of the guys in his inner circle is transgender now. So, like, two videos ago, a nigga had a buzz cut. Now, a nigga got extensions like a girl wearing girls' clothes and shit like that. And he's in the videos, and it's it's making a lot of noise. People are making reactions and shit like that. And it's not because the nigga's transgender, bro. It's because the dude is, well, the, the person who's transgender now is, like, doing a lot of extra shit. Everything he says is an inside joke. Hanson got the fact that he's different now. He's rolling on the floor, bumping into shit, trying to get extra camera time, doing a bunch of weird-ass shit. Now, granted, I'm not tapped in with these niggas. That could be him in every motherfucking video. But obviously, now that nigga, you clearly look different as fuck. You're clearly doing shit to get some camera time. Niggas is looking at you weird now. And Mr. Beast... Even if he is cool with him being transgender now, that's still bringing unwanted attention to it, to your platform. Everybody say all pre, all promo is good promo, but that's not entirely true. Especially when you reach a certain level to where nigga, you are the promo. Nah, now when you now when you trying to keep a running clean ship type shit, and if you want your shit to be just strictly what the fuck it is for kids watching your shit. You don't want motherfucking uh, transgender LGBTQ plus community and headlines and shit coming towards your motherfucking content. You just don't. Not when your audience is kids, my nigga. Let's just be real with this shit. But the reason why I say it, no matter how much money you got, you can't. It, it, that shit don't come with freedom. Mr. Beast can't do what the fuck he wants. Let's just say Mr. Beast, because I don't know Mr. Beast, obviously. Let's just say Mr. Motherfucking Beast. Didn't want this nigga on the show no more. He can't kick him off. He can't kick him off his channel. He can't stop putting this nigga in the videos. That's going to spark outrage, bro. That's going to spark fucking debate. It's going to be a conversation that's going to be that's gonna be running on, 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 on the internet for time to come. And so when you reach a certain level, bro, you don't want that type of uh, negative impact. You don't want that type of smoke. He can't do that. He can't get him the fuck out of there. He can't. And the little clips that I've seen, it's clearly some type of uncomfortableness with the rest of those niggas in that in that fucking uh, in that group. Not because dude is transgender, but because everything this nigga says 
is hinting at the fact that he's different now. Like, nigga, no one gives a fuck, clearly. But if you keep bringing it up and keep forcing this shit upon people, that's going to make niggas uncomfortable, my nigga. And it's going to make a nigga even more uncomfortable when he feel like he can't do shit about it. Because the moment that Mr. Beast get that nigga the fuck up out of there, it's going to be outrage. I'm at the point right now, yo, if I can see Mr. Beast slowly fade this nigga about these videos and avoid backlash, I would be so motherfucking shocked. Because I, I don't even think it's possible type shit. I think at any point in time that that nigga gets removed from videos for whatever reason, it's going to be some type of backlash, my nigga. So the simple, if he can do that shit, I will gladly take my black ass. <laughs> I will gladly take my black ass 20 minutes to the nearest Mr. Beast food, uh, a fast food spot and get one of them big dry ass burgers my damn self, brother. Because I don't even think it's fucking possible for this nigga Mr. Beast to get out of this shit. This, this is a tough motherfucking me position to where Mr. Beast is no longer in control of his content. Or what the fuck he wants to do with his content, who he wants to be in his content. Because the people is in charge of that shit now. And the moment he try to remove that nigga, it's going to be uproar, nigga. I'm telling you, it's too many people watching that shit, bro. It's too many people for nobody not to say shit. Especially when that's everything everybody's talking about right now. So it's going to be very motherfucking interesting. I will say that. Um. Moving on real fast so we can knock this episode out, man. Get the fuck up out of here. Right, let's get into these Lakers right fast, man. You know, I want to get this shout out to Darvin Ham, Jeannie Buss, Rob Palenka, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Dennis, uh, Dennis Schroeder, Austin Reeves, Wayne Gabriel, Troy Brown Jr. Um, I want to shout out the niggas who've been there from the start. Obviously, I appreciate the Rui Hachimaras, the Vanderbilts, the D'Angelo Russells, the Mo Bambas, um, who, uh, uh, Malik Beasley. You know what I'm saying? I I appreciate the fuck out these niggas, man. These niggas came in there and changed shit. They helped us change this shit around. Since All-Star break, since the trade deadline, well, since All-Star break, Lakers have had the number one record in the Western Conference, bro. Since the niggas went 2-10, and 10, they had the third best record in the Western Conference. When the Lakers went 2-10, they had a 0.3 chance of making the playoffs. That's when we had niggas like Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, and Kendrick Nunn taking fucking shots. And I'm not here to shit on Russell Westbrook. Niggas know how I feel about Russell Westbrook, bro. Niggas know there was a point in time, the moment Kobe retired, my favorite player in the league was Russell Westbrook, bro. Trust me. Trust me, my nigga. I didn't start feeling the way towards Russ until that nigga went to Houston. And I start to realize he wasn't a winning player. And he went to Washington. Come on, man. Then he came to the Lakers, my nigga. Like, I only want to rehash that shit. I'm happy he's not there. Like, I don't give a fuck what he does with the Clippers, bro. Like, niggas keep hitting me up on social media talking about Russell Westbrook. For all you niggas, let me tell you this right now. Bro, stop it, bro. I'm down to talk ball with you niggas. I don't give a fuck about Russell Westbrook, bro. I'm, I'm just happy that my happiness about the outcome of a game isn't directly impacted by that nigga, bro. That's all I care about. He can go drop 60 for the Clippers right now. I would not give a fuck, my nigga. Like, nigga, just go. Like, I, it, that's how that's how bad it was. Nigga, just go. I don't even want shit in return. Nigga, leave. And he did, so. And we in the right, we in a good position. The Clippers will go against the Phoenix Suns in the first round. 
I might go to a game just to see this shit in person. Yeah, take care of business for us. Whoever the fuck win, I don't give a fuck. Take care of business for us type shit. We got Memphis. I told y'all I was scared of Memphis. The John Morantz, the Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. That athleticism, that youth, it does scare me just because we have no one to guard John Morant. Are uh, you going to put Dennis Short on and make it hard? You're going to put Austin Reeves on him for a little bit of a bigger body? Uh, who who else? Nobody fucking else. We don't have nobody else to guard John Morant. You're probably going to put Vanderbilt on, on Dylan Brooks or – no, you probably gonna put Vanderbilt on Desmond Brain, um, put LeBron on D uh, Dylan Brooks, and Jaron Jackson Jr. gonna be guarded by AD or some shit like that. But I'm I'm scared of that youth and that athleticism. Um, I'm I'm just leaning on playoff basketball, um, knowing that the game slows down, won't be too many fast breaks. Thing is, Lakers need fast breaks. That's our system. That's how we do it: defense to fast breaks, and the speed, the tempo is gonna get sped up. And I don't want to do that with Memphis. Just because that's what the fuck they do, especially at home. So um, I'm a little nervous about the Memphis Grizzlies, but I'm very happy to be in position to say the Lakers is in the fucking playoffs, bro. We missed the playoffs last year. Um, we started off two and ten, um, and to think my niggas is in the fucking playoffs didn't even need to play in. This play in shit is fucking retarded, bro. I'm not a fan of this shit. Never was a fan of this shit. If you need extra fucking games to get into the eighth seed, my nigga, you not a good team. I don't find joy in watching bad teams play basketball. I just don't. So I'm not a fan of this play-in shit. I know next year they're talking about the whole um, in-season tournament. Look, man, you know what? Fuck, fuck, the, fuck the rest of the play. Let me say this real fast before I get the fuck up out of here, before I forget. I told you niggas, but Adam Silver is not a good commissioner, bro. I don't know what the fuck these niggas is doing with this whole in-season tournament bullshit, this play-in bullshit. I'm not a nigga who look at college basketball and be like, yeah, that's the goods. I don't fuck with that shit, bro. I watch the championship game. That's it. Everything else, I don't watch that shit, bro. When I'm watching professional sports, I want to watch professional sports. This in-season tournament shit is me. I don't give a fuck about that. There's no incentive to doing that. If niggas ain't even playing 82 motherfucking games, why are we adding more games into the middle of the season? Why? It makes no fucking sense. I know, of course, you know it's, it's extra money in and shit like that. You making sure the TV deals and shit get, you know, get they uh they money's worth type shit. But I don't give a fuck about that shit, bro. I'm not happy about that. I'm not happy about the play-in. Yeah, the Lakers been the play-in two out of the first three seasons that it's been around. I haven't been happy about it. Lakers won both times. I wasn't happy about it. I don't want to see my niggas in a play-in game. Call me what you want. Maybe I'm a traditionalist. Maybe I'm an old head. I don't know. I'm not. This shit not cool to me. It's not. It's, it's it, it, all it is is extra games to put some money down on, on bets and shit like that. That's all it motherfucking is. So it, it, it's weird. People keep looking at Adam Silver like he's the motherfucking Don Dada of this shit. I seen reports that. He may be next in line to take over Disney. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> this nigga might be taking over Disney, my nigga. That nigga. I guess, man. <laughs> I motherfucking guess. Um, but that's all I motherfucking we got, man. Let me make sure we run through the topics, make sure we hear everything that we want to cover on episode 130, motherfucking five. Um, we did the gun range experience. Are we too uh, in tune with ourselves? Zion Williamson, 
Dalai Lama being a nasty motherfucker, Brittany Griner writing a book, Tesla worker getting that back, Elon Musk. Uh, we talked about man getting surgery to grow to 5'10, Mr. Beast being in a tough spot, and my Lakers making the motherfucking playoffs. Um, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna wrap it up right there, man. That's all the motherfucking shit I want to talk about in this episode, man. Um, that being said, yo, DJ, drop that fire ass beat, man. Um, you know how to fuck you on this side, man. <laughs> All love these ways. Never let them sidetrack with bullshit. Always keep maintaining the main thing. Stay safe, stay sharp, stay sane. And how's that episode? We out this Yo, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. <laughs> Yo, I had a fat ass technical difficulty, bro, recording this episode, bro. Um, y'all just don't even understand type shit. <laughs> As I'm recording this portion of the motherfucking episode, this is literally two hours <laughs> after the fact when shit went haywire type shit, man. I'm recording this episode, man. Um, towards the, the 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 end of the episode, uh, the fucking cameras and shit died on me. They, they died out. Um, so I had to scrap the whole. You know what I'm saying? Last portion, last 20 minutes of the episode type shit. I had to re-record it. When I re-recorded it, my fucking mic was muted type shit. So I had to re-record it again. This is the fourth motherfucking me take of just the second of, of the last nigga 15 minutes of the episode, my nigga. <laughs> See, this is the shit I go through for y'all, B. <laughs> y'all don't understand. I was killing. Y'all, y'all, y'all heard the episode, man. I was bodying that shit. And I seen these fucking lights turn off on my ass. Oh my god! Man, I fell down to my knees when the law came. You have no idea. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I still ain't ate dinner, none of that shit, bro. I ain't watched none of the games. Like it's been a long motherfucking me night, man. But I'm glad I was able to come here with y'all and and, and knock this shit out. Um, episode 130, motherfucking five, man. Thin line between Genius and Insanity on the grind 200. OG motherfucking hatch bringing you this heat. Yeah, the fuck I give it up, man. Um, but yeah, with that being said, I'm really out this motherfucker. <laughs> I'll right, this episode, man. Peace. Welcome to Raw is OG. Hatch, man, you know the fuck that is, nigga. We're playing on me, man. <laughs> you dig, yeah.